from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. We're very much a pro-chicken-finger show. I'm trying to deliver a serious message. Just listen. You're not going to like him when he's angry. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday. Cofield and Company, Ari in the Finley Toyota Studios, along with the company is Adam Hill. Busy day of uh, gambling, guest spots with Dave Koken on baseball, JVT on a little college football, NFL, probably some baseball as well. Niners preview a little later in the show as we start to roll out our Raiders opponent preview. Previews. Um, we'll do that from the back end of the season. All the way up to the front of the season. So coming up today, the Niners, which should be a game that could mean something. Either way, it's going to be wild and woolly because of the date, which is insanity. And our introduction to the rivalry here in What's Vegas. What's the date? It's uh, New Year's, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be crazy. Yeah. And Niners fans and Raiders fans don't like each other. Anyway, so we'll get into that next hour. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Well, we always joke that Adam Hill works, uh, I don't know, NFL 10 and a half months a year, if not like 11 months and a week out of every year. Uh, Now that we have more football coming to Las Vegas, uh, there are no more vacations. Your football beat is officially 12 months long. The XFL is going to land in Las Vegas. One of the eight franchises will be in Sin City. Rod Woodson will be the coach and... I know you've been fired up about XFL since the announcement that they had a new ownership and the Rocks involved. A little bit, sure. I mean, I think there's potential uh, for them to actually become what all these leagues have tried to do, yeah, which is to be a feeder league to the NFL and to work with the NFL and to you know experiment with rules that they could then you know bring to the NFL. So that's the key: is being an official feeder or about as close to official. A feeder league to the NFL, that's the key to making it work? Yeah, I don't think they're going to have like a AAA agreement like the like baseball does. Right. But I, I think there are strong relationships that can be built. And I do think, you know, what we've seen, we saw the, the original incarnation of the XFL in 2001, where a lot of the things that they had, as much as traditional football people laughed, a lot of things that they had actually came into the league. I mean, they didn't do things like decide possession by having two guys race 10 yards to dive on the ball. That was awesome. It was amazing. Until someone got hurt. Like a broken leg, I think yeah. it was, which is bad. But it was fun. Not a great start to the game. But a lot Get of, out the stretcher! Definitely a lot of the broadcast things they did uh, back in 2001. Cameras. Yeah, came to the NFL. Right, the camera work, like, all over the field. And for those that, you know, have you know, we've seen this all before, Twenty, the 2020 XFL was kind of working. That was early. It was very early. And it got shut down from COVID. When I think it was... What, there was like a COVID outbreak from the nachos at one of the games, I think was the was the issue. Uh, but it was working. And so and I think that that was part of it. A lot of the a lot of the rules that they were trying to experiment with were potentially going to come to the NFL. So I think there is that opportunity for a loose agreement. I think that, you know, the markets are good. We'll see where they play. They might. I think they're trying. The reason they haven't announced the venue, I think they're trying to get Allegiant. And they just have to try to work out the dates. That's smart. Not necessarily. But what is again, the league's a spring league. Yeah. Well, you're what, asking me what is? Right, because, okay, I don't, so. 
Hmm. I love Sam Boyd. Not not ideal. That's where they were the first time, and I think that there's probably issues there that they have I to mean, work I, out before I they play I think the there. best spot, but I don't know when the games are, what day of the week, how they could mesh it. One of the best spots might be LV Ballpark. Well, yes, you're but in a, you're in a you know you're in a more affluent area. I thought about that earlier. Okay, but were you there for the Pro Bowl practice? It wasn't a full field. I don't know that they could fit the full field in there. It was like an eighty yard field. Okay. So I don't I don't know that they could, logistically yes it would be amazing right. for sure. Uh, could they do it at Cashman? I mean I know they've kind of re- trying to retrofit everything for soccer there now. Um, maybe it could work there. I just don't know where it would be. It it was funny. A national show I was listening to today. This is, by the way, this is the impact that the money that's been invested in the school has had. A national show I was listening to today said, "What about Bishop Gorman?" That's how. how, First of all, how is that? How is that impacted? So, like, how have that stadium? How's that stadium made such an impression? That national shows are kind of throwing that out. People have seen it on TV. Sure, on those high school showcases. Sure, too small. Which is crazy. No, I agree. I mean, if your aspirations are. Whatever that holds, what does it hold? Three thousand? Yeah, you know, four thousand. If your aspirations are filling a four thousand seat stadium, then I think your league's in a little trouble. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just thought it was funny that that was yeah. that was was brought up. So I think Allegiant is the, the the goal. I just don't know that it'll work out necessarily. And you know how if you get if you have thirty thousand at Allegiant, as you know, we're hoping to find out with UNLV, it still looks empty. Do they for the opening season just to pay homage to the idea? Do they wear like a little patch? For Vince McMahon with his very organic retirement last week. I mean, it was just time for the guy to go. I think they're trying you, to, get, you get to a certain age. He was 77. You know, you got to walk away. What are you going to do? I think they're trying to separate themselves from Vince. And I, I also. Was that, by the way, was that not organic? It was, uh, are you not believing so. that he just retired on his own? No. And I think when, when my guy, uh, Nick Khan, came in, I think the writing was on the wall. That it was Nick Khan from? From Vegas, from Bonanza High School, UNLV. Hometown hero. Uh, you know, rose his way through the ranks as an agent and. Uh, now is running WWE. Is My he a guy. character? Is he a character on the broadcast yet? I don't know. I watched. I watched uh, Royal Rumble. I think <laughs> you are a wrestling expert. It is your beat. No, what no, Rest- it was beats? WrestleMania. I watched WrestleMania. Okay, Royal Rumble. I'm trying to remember which one I watched. I watched WrestleMania. I will watch. I think this week. Uh, there's a big event this week. We'll see if uh, Mr. Khan is on it. But uh, it is SummerSlam. I think is this week. I mean, you're a nightmare. This is your beat. I'm not on the wrestling. I feel like beat. you're not studying your beat strongly enough. I'm the one who writes wrestling stories, pro right. wrestling stories at the paper. I'm an NFL guy. I watch when McAfee competes. He's competing this week hmm. against uh, Baron Corbin, I think. No idea. <laughs> well, foreign, Bar- foreign language to me. Baron Corbin, I know. I, I do know this part because yeah. he had a he he was a character that was just completely down on his luck and like out of things and just like basically homeless. And then he hit a jackpot when they were in Vegas. That was the character. Well, that's a great tie. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> it was awesome. We got to get him on. Yeah. Yeah. A man who made his way, as so many do, <laughs> turned his life around with a jackpot in Las Vegas. I think it was at uh, Park MGM, actually. Is where it was. Is right? It's like one of every five people who gamble here. Your life changes. Yeah. And turned it all around. Started hanging out with great dinners, pretty women. It was, it was a great character. I like this right? character. Yeah. I mean, real person. My bad. If, if Mr. Khan is listening. I think we all know it's a character. Does he have a place in town? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so we're not in jeopardy of uh, a Floyd or OJ Sorry. situation where they could be driving around listening. Should I call him and ask him? Look at this guy <laughs> puffing out his chest. That's my guy, it's your guy, but That's my guy. The wrestling beat. I gave you credit for the wrestling beat. Got on you because you're not doing your homework, I, and then you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text the boss of the WWE now that Vince is gone. I break major wrestling stories. I don't really do a day to day. 
You're not into the script day no, to day? No. All right, we'll get a wrestling guest on. Sure. There's many. We do have we have actually have a bunch of connects, but for some reason we didn't think of it today. Pads go on Wednesday for the Raiders. Do you sense a frustration? The early start, do you sense a frustration from anyone there that they haven't been able to crack the pads right from the get-go? No, this is, what the, this is every year. I mean, the okay. rules the, the rules are in the collective bargaining agreement. Like it, it's the I think it's a sixth practice you're allowed to throw the pads on. So they, they understand what the deal is. I think there are old-school people that have said for the last 30 years, ah, pads every day. Ah. Right. But the Raiders aren't going to hit even when the pads are on. It's so, a new deal in football now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know from UNLV practices, there's pads some days, other days there's there's no pads. Yeah, or you might just have whatever top pads, whatever the hell they're called, shoulder yeah. pads. And By whatever. the way, I I would make the claim. Now you can move inside, but I think that they're trying to obviously trying to you know prepare their bodies for the grind of a season. To pra- they're practicing outside. I would suggest you probably get a lot more done without pads when you're practicing outside. You, you could. Pra- How long can you practice for in right. pads? <laughs> it's insane. And let, let's also mention this is probably the last year they're doing a full camp here. Yeah, I would hope so. You got to get the hell out of here in August. You know what I would suggest? I think Napa was so good for them. I would suggest thinking huh? about Napa or Reno. Which one? I would suggest thinking about Napa. Because they were kind of loosely promised to Reno, weren't they? I think that was kind of floated out there. We got your money, Reno! <laughs> Thanks for the stadium. Reno, it's for the people up in Reno, easy drive. To How Napa. far is Napa from Reno? I think it's about three hours. Okay, yeah. Easy Wake drive. up in the morning. Yeah, let's go over to Raiders practice today. Let's go stay. And, and for the, for what I'm what I'm referencing, the Raiders have practiced in Napa for a long time. Uh, my first year on the beat was in Napa. It was fantastic for a month. Uh, but it actually is really really good for the setup. There's a hotel where the Raiders built a field at the hotel. And the rest of the year, it's used by a middle school. So the field, the two fields they use are in between a middle school and a hotel. For those two, for those three and a half weeks or so, the Raiders just leave the hotel, practice, have their meetings, go back to bed, and they're kind of isolated. It's a great spot for them. Good and then up. the rest of the year, it's for uh, it's for that school. So it's actually the best of both worlds up there. I think it would be really cool to go up there, not because I love staying in Napa for a month. You know, there's nothing better than the Raiders starting out a week early, one of the only two teams that's running a camp, and uh, – well, I mean, honestly, no one cares about the Jaguars. So the Raiders have pretty much stolen all of the headlines, if there are any headlines. And what we've had discussions about the last 10 days or so have been utterly ridiculous. And it all, a lot of it revolves around Devontae Adams going, you know what? I like Derek Carr. He's really good. <laughs> How dare he say that? So he's with Josina Anderson well, just, just and so Brian McFadden. We can, we'll get to it. Yeah. Josina Anderson and Brian McFadden. Uh, who played in the NFL, and he's asked just kind of a benign question, and then you know he goes into the adjustment going from quarterback to quarterback. I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from you know a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, you go you know Stabler to to Rich Gannon or whoever you go to, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. And you know both are, are great players and, and great to be around. So I'm just enjoying that process and and getting better myself. You know, trying to do as much as I can to to help these guys go out there and win as many games as we can. We got Siciliano and Steve White who we had on. Uh, Friday from NFL Network with Mooch. I don't know if specifically they're discussing this right now, but uh, that was Adams at the end of last week. And then he goes in over the weekend. He clarifies it. We'll play all that for you a little later on. I mean, it was a, it was a slight misstep, was it not? Yeah. He wasn't saying Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. Well, I think he's saying even in a case, if you went from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer, like Gannon... Oh, no, he didn't mention a Hall of Fame. That's that kind of. So then, anyway, he comes in 
um, what was it on Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday. Sunday, and he's like, "Okay, let's address this because uh, I said it on CBS Sports, and now I gotta now I gotta explain it." Let me say this, just so this can be everywhere as well. Being a rapper is is very vital. I say one of the you gotta have the bars. Obviously, you know you gotta have the bars. You gotta have the lines gotta be there. But a very very vital and critical piece of being a rapper is the delivery, right? I wasn't a great rapper the other day. What I'm not going to do is take away from that statement because why 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 is Derek not a, a Hall of Famer? Okay, well that didn't really throw cold water on the fire. There's a little bit of gasoline there. And we could get into why Derek Carr isn't a Hall of Famer <laughs> yet. So you got to cover all this. How fun was that for the last two and a half days? Well, and I'll I'll, I'll go back and just point out that uh, that was the very last question of Devontae's media session, and it was me that asked him. Um, and he, I wanted to ask, but it, you, you've been in there, like it's everybody kind of fighting for, for their questions, what, what they want to ask him. By the way, stupid. Uh, yeah, and there's some silly silliness that goes on in the media room as well. And I was like. I'm trying to get this question. I had other questions I had to ask for other stories, so um, I was saving it. And he kind of, he said, I can't remember what the previous question was, but he was, in his answer, he said, you know, it just makes everybody mad when you do this or whatever. And I said, well, speaking of making everybody mad, you mentioned Derek Carr as a Hall of Famer. Like, do you want to talk about that or expand on that or the reaction to it is essentially how this came up. And I, I actually think he wanted to, based on his answer. And he, I think he, he was wanted ready. to be. He was yeah, ready. Absolutely. So he yeah, he did get into it, and he said he was inarticulate. And you, you clarified when you said, "Hey, this is what it meant." You were you were basing it on his clarification. His actual statement. Well, he kept going is back to it, indicating yeah. that Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. He kept going mind. back to Derek can be a Hall of Famer, right? He's or or he he's already done enough in his career to be a Hall of Famer. Well, and he's and let let's also say he's balancing a very fine line. Mm-hmm. Like we get that because not only is he coming to a new situation, this is. Look at Tyreek Hill with Tua. Who has been an utter jackass. <laughs> right. And he, he's ripped his old quarterback. Then he complimented Tua by saying he's more accurate than Mahomes. But then a week later, he's like, yeah, this is it. One and done. Tua doesn't get it done this year. He's gone. Like, what, are you the GM? And then this weekend, he said Tua's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Oh, he did it again. Yeah. So, like, But he's walk, you're going into a situation where you, this, you have to count on this guy. You have to hype him up. You have to you have to, you know, show that you have faith in him, all those things. Right. And the complicating factor here is now this is your college best friend. Mm-hmm. It's not just a new quarterback that you're working with, it's your college best friend, and everyone on planet Earth knows that you took as a downgrading quarterbacks. By whatever stretch you want to use, even if you consider Derek Carr the second best quarterback in the NFL, it's a downgrade. Right? Aaron Rodgers is unquestionably the best. So it's clearly a downgrade. So you have to, you can't come out and say that, but you have to you know you have to kind of navigate these these waters and and you know be fine with your words and it, it's tough to do sometimes and as he said the rappers it's not just about the words it's how you say them and uh, I don't I I think he that was a very prepared quote but I think it was an honest answer from Devonte he was good he I had a lot so of good too. things on on uh, Sunday Jakob uh, Johnson also spoke so we're going to hear from both guys uh, during the show today on Cofield and company so. This is the week where everyone else is starting to get ramped up. Uh, this week we're really getting into the NFL. Like I said, a Niners preview later on because they're playing towards the end of the season here in Las Vegas. But up next, we're starting to see some of the new um, technical things rolled out, maybe some TV packages, availability for the NFL. I want to know what something calling itself NFL Plus is. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. 
I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, you go, you know, Stabler to, to Rich Gannon or whoever you go to, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. And, you know, both are, are great players and, and great to be around. So I'm just enjoying that process and, and getting better myself, you know, trying to do as much as I can to, to help these guys go out there and win as many games as we can. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Unreal, Devontae Adams trying to back his guy, Derek Carr. What is he doing? Yeah, that blew up a little bit over the weekend. We'll have more on Devontae Adams, who came in absolutely ready to speak about his comments that Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. I thought he made a good case, but that's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We got breaking news in, in the last 45 minutes on the Raiders, and then we'll get to that uh, NFL Plus that I mentioned. Reserve retired list. This doesn't sound good for Denzel Good. And we're talking about a guy who absolutely, I, if healthy, was a favorite to start at one of the guard positions. If not, every once in a while, bounce out to right tackle because he's had to do that in the past. So he's out for how long? He's retired. Wait, he's retired? That's what the reserve retired list is. Well, yeah. there's reserve in there. It's, it's, it's the retired list. There, there's In the NFL, there's like reserve injured, reserve non-injured, reserve retired. It's a reserve list, but essentially it means they retain his rights. So if he does come back at some point, either I don't think this season, but if it's but it could be the season, if, yeah, second half of the year, if he's healthy enough, he could come back. I I have to look exactly what the wording of the rule is. I don't mm-hmm. know that they have to miss the entire year. They might, um, but this is a this is a retirement with, you know, Tom Brady retired. I don't think he ever, ever went on the reserve list, but um, he could come back at some point. I, I don't. I wouldn't rule that out, uh, but for for. The sake of our discussion, he's retired. Wow. And you know, you and I watched him out there. Can't exactly get a real good close-up look at him. I was watching him run drills. I think it was Thursday, and he was lagging a little behind. He wasn't, you know, he's not going full speed. And listen, the guy tore his ACL ten months ago. Yeah, and a month or what a month, six, five, six weeks ago at minicamp and OTAs, he was out on the field working out. And I said, there is zero chance Denzel Good is ready for training camp. And he was. He was there. Now, he wasn't at full strength, but he had made vast improvements from where he was. Um, I don't know that this is 100% tied to injury. Uh, There could be other things going on in his life. But it was a long road to recovery. I'm sure very frustrating after missing all of last season and still not being fully healthy going into this season. Uh, But you're right. The the immediate thought is he was, if if healthy, he was most likely the starting right guard for this team. John Simpson, Dylan Parham, Alex Leatherwood, Jermaine Illuminor, Lester Cotton. Let me read him again. Did I miss someone? John Simpson, Dylan Parham, Al Leatherwood, Jermaine Illuminor, Lester Cotton. You're saying who takes the spot? I'm just saying those are the candidates for the guard positions. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I, I think that they, nothing. They've been working Leatherwood at tackle. It seems like that's where uh, his protected spot would be. I mean, Thayer Munford, and I uh, should mention Thayer Munford. I'm gonna throw him in later. Draft pick. So Illuminor has also been working more at tackle than he has a guard in camp. Okay, um, that could change now. You could say, well, maybe slide him over. Uh, get him back to guard, make him work there. I think everyone is clear on my thoughts. Lester Cotton has, is the best 
offensive linemen they have in every drill I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's amazing to me uh, that that hasn't translated to the field for whatever reason, that the coaches haven't wanted to put him in there. I, uh, okay, uh, Colton Miller won. But Lester Cotton win, seems to win every drill, seems to win every rep. I said last year I don't know why he's not playing more. Um, we'll see if the, maybe the new regime sees things differently. Maybe they see this, things the same way I do. And, hey, there are guys that are better on practice than they are in games. Like, that certainly happens. And the other way around, too. Guys that are better in games than they are in practice. Like, you never know what it's going to translate. But on the practice field, I'm impressed every single time I watch Lester Cotton. So, you know, does that open up a possibility that he, you know, takes on a bigger role, that he actually is able to play more? Maybe. We'll find out. $22 million? Actually, plus now good, right? Good renegotiate. That, that's the weird thing about this. He just renegotiated his contract. Yeah, was that plus. knowing that this could be happening, or is this kind of a surprise today? Potentially, or maybe he maybe he wasn't in a good place. Maybe he wasn't healthy, and they said, "Well, if, you know, probably move on from you if this is what you are. If, we're, if you're not going to take a pay cut, I'm not. I'm not sure. We we don't know the machinations that went on behind the scenes. So roughly twenty two mil under the salary cap. Yeah, I mean they got they got money to work with here. Perfect amount for Jimmy Garoppolo. No, <laughs> it is offensive line help and defensive line help. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe cornerback. All right, now it's starting well, to build up. That's way too many positions. So they're gonna have to. Sure. They're gonna have to choose carefully and and dole out or, the money responsibly. Or extensions. I mean, if that was if it was me, I would try to get some extensions done that are going to be done at some point and try to take take a cap hit now. Does Waller care? Does Darren Waller care that he's like the seventeenth tight end he from a pay standpoint? Should doesn't have a whole lot of guaranteed money. I mean, the household could have just got more money last week. Uh, I, I think he cares. You're making a reference to uh, no reference at all. possible you know, girlfriend on the Aces, Kelsey Plum, who just sure. got an extension. Sure, maybe. Uh, I think he cares. He changed agents in September right. to a very, very prominent agency, Clutch Sports. Uh, I don't think he did that because he didn't care about getting more money and getting more opportunities. And you know, not, not only the opportunities in the NFL and more money, more opportunities outside the NFL with his music and his podcast and everything else. And I think that they're helping him with that. So he does have outside streams, but yeah, I think he cares. I, I, I think anybody would care. That That's how you're shown, especially in, in a business like the NFL, it's how you're shown that you're appreciated and, and that you've earned you know, a certain level is, is the pay. And when you're not paid to the degree that other players in your position are and you're far, far better than them and outperforming them, I think you care. And let's also not forget that his he could play at a higher level this year and have his numbers go down with all the weapons that are around him. And so if that happens, you know how cutthroat the business is. If he has an unbelievable season but his numbers are down, you go in next year and, and hey, look, I played great. I uh, only had 75 catches. I don't know, man. I don't know if you aren't. Like, that's how it's, this works. Yep. And so, yeah, I'd want to get it done right now. 364-1100, giveaway time. 364-1100, two tickets to the Evo Championships. Fighting games. People playing fighting games. This is high-level stuff. These are big stars. These guys make millions of dollars. It's coming up August 5th to the 7th. So if you're into uh, Evolution Championship Series, got the finals here in town at Mandalay Bay. You can get your tickets at AXS.com. But right now, Ari's got a pair of tickets for the uh, Evo Championships. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. 
Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Rolling on a Monday, Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. So, what's NFL Plus? Oh boy, I am in. What is it? Actually, I just got an email that my uh, NFL Game Pass subscription has rolled over to NFL Plus. That's I uh, I saw that in my junk mail. I didn't open it yet. They usually ding me for whatever it is, one hundred fifty bucks. It's How much is it now? Obnoxious. It's somewhere around that. Well, yeah. I don't know what the premium is. So, NFL Plus. The, it's an app. It's a basically a streaming service that the NFL has come up with on their own. I, I believe the standard one is four ninety nine a month, but that does not include the features of Game Pass, which would be more expensive. So the standard will have, and this is, it's a really. If you read it, you're probably pretty excited, and then you might not real, you might not realize what you're actually getting. Uh, you get in market games on your phone or tablet if you have NFL Plus, which means a game that's actually on TV in your market. You can now watch through the app. I think most people have that anyway, right? For the most part, like you have either your cable or your satellite or your streaming TV service that you have on your phone for the most part. So that doesn't really change a whole lot necessarily, although it's available in one place where you can watch those games. Uh, You'll have uh, just different NFL content. I'm sure there'll be a ton of NFL network content on there. There'll be, you know, extra bonus shows and programming and all sorts of just uh you know additional services through the NFL plus but for those that have used NFL game pass in the in the past which I don't know how many people actually do I think it's phenomenal uh, I love it but it's a pretty hardcore product that will be in the premium tier of NFL plus uh which again I don't I didn't see the price on it. I don't know I'm dreading it I'll see it I'm sure I'll see it in my bank account when it when it processes uh but that is game uh you know coaches film all the all twenty two, the condensed games where you, you don't have to watch, uh, you know, between plays. The picture is play, 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 play uh, that you can watch, and then the different angles, different footage, uh, tape that you can break down, that sort of thing. So um, that is all going to be in one place, as opposed to kind of gathering it from different spots. Uh, but five dollars for the standard, depending on what the additional programming is, they have above and beyond local in-game markets. Probably not, not that exclusionary. Uh, I know it's you know we it starts adding up and that's one thing that we've talked about is oh five bucks not bad well when you add it to five dollars for there and twenty dollars for this and fifteen dollars for this service and for, like we're getting back to a place where you're paying more than you were for cable four or five years ago uh, but I, I, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of NFL fans that are very excited to to add this and then we'll see you know in a couple of months how much programming they actually provide and offer you but the the Game Pass stuff on the premium tier is. That's that's where I'm at. I spent the entire spiel, the three minutes you just described it, trying to cancel it. <laughs> okay. It's good. Well, the the reason I signed up for it is for radio play by play and they cut it out last year. No, it's, it's back. It is for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't it's, lie to me. That's in the announcement. Don't lie to me. That's in the announcement. I'm gonna read the announcement. It's in there. It better be back. It's in there. Don't get all scared. I'm just saying it's this is there. like you notice how this all changed? It became like an athlete media showdown. Like, Adam got all afraid, except in Philly, oh. where Nick Castellanos has, he's been a disappointment, and the, and the Phillies have not played well of late. 
right? They don't have Bryce Harper to boo, although he's been great this year until he got hurt. So Castellanos was a, a high-profile addition to the team. He's hitting like 235 with eight homers and 30 ribs. Well, he's supposed to be like a 2510 guy with a 290 average, and he's getting booed. That's what happens in the Northeast Corridor. So as a media member, this guy Jim Salisbury has been around forever. Ask the obvious question, because the, the line here is, do you hear the booing, and is it affecting you? Like, what do you think of the fans? But Castellanos wanted no part of it. Did you uh, hear the blues there when you struck out and they played the game there? No, man, I lost my hearing. <laughs> so you didn't hear it? Come on, man, that's a stupid question. Why is it a stupid question? Can anybody else answer that for him? Anybody? Well, the rest of the media does what they're supposed to do. They just stare at Castellanos, who, by the way, gave a dirty look to Salisbury, tried to stare him down. And this guy Salisbury looks like he's like 63 years old. He's, you know, he's a small guy. Uh, but, you know, with the stupid question stuff and the rest of the media is like, no, we're not telling you anything because it's a legit question. Well, also, I don't know if you're making the comparison. I will. I'll just say right out. I'm still furious at, our, at Willie, our good friend, Willie Ramirez here on the show. I know. Uh, for, for what you're just saying the reporters did well here is what he exactly did not do. Well, he wasn't well. reading the room. Derek Carr, <laughs> Paul Gutierrez started to get into it. Carr started it. The audio vi- or video that was sent out by uh, one, you know, blogger jabroni cut off the fact that Derek Carr said to Paul Gutierrez and Vic Tafer, who wasn't there, those guys write crazy things. Yeah. yeah. And so, in the middle of Carr's answer, Gutierrez, you know, spoke up and was like. Basically, you talk about expectations all the time. What do you mean they don't mean anything? So anyway, this. This ends, this little exchange ends with Castellanos. You know, hey, uh, you, do you hear the booing? And I guess Salisbury wasn't done, so he comes back a few minutes later. Yeah, man, that's a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. If it's a stupid question, you should be equipped to answer all right, it. All right, I did answer it. All right, all right. The answer we should got be able to answer, answer a stupid we got question. The, we got the answer. That doesn't mean that I can't say that it's a stupid question. It wasn't a stupid question. Of course, if I heard the booze, is, 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 that's a rhetorical question. So of course, it's a stupid question. Did you hear the booze? That's a stupid question. We got the answer. We're good. Thanks, guys. We're and close. you should be able to handle a stupid question. I did. <laughs> did you Did you hear the booze? Is not a rhetorical question. It's a question. Sure. The the, the voice there is the PR guy trying to right. The PR trying guy trying to calm things down, and he's like, he answered the question. He's like, no, he didn't. He said it was a stupid question. No, he did. He said, no, I lost my hearing, which is actually the, actually the, the, it the is, right answer. It is an answer, but and, and it's he a said, smart ass answer. He said you should be equipped to handle a stupid question. Right. And Castiano said, I did, which is true. I'm actually kind of on Castiano's side on this because. Yeah, the question you when you set up this this whole thing, asked the question properly. Right, right. You said, "Did you hear them?" And is it affecting your play when people are booing you? And well, you're, but, you know, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. You don't always have to give the second part of the question. It might help, but yeah. you don't always have to give the second part right, of the question because of the fr- and and listen. This is a, a struggle we deal with every day, and and trying to an- well, trying to you, phrase questions. You properly. guys do as daily beat writers, sure. and that's why like I'm different than you. With you and LV, I'm out there almost every day. But with the stuff you cover, you're on that beat. And that's why I also think, listen, it's things the Phillies blow right now. Yeah. And that market is super frenzied. They, you know, they ran Girardi out. Um, I mean, in a way, you're you're kind of delivering it on behalf of the fans. And I understand Castellanos is gonna get annoyed about it. Salisbury should have never said it was a stupid question, because then he just he kind of played into it, but but I don't. I don't mind it on both sides. When if really? if you have a little clash. But what I will not accept again, and I said this the other day. I mean, in Salisbury's guy, I don't know what he's sixty three years old. I'm not gonna have some thirty something <laughs> tell me something stupid or that I write crazy stuff without responding. Yeah, 
No, I'm, I'm not some. I like we're not out there. We're out there to rep the fans. We're out there to good. You know, in some ways, we're out there to report, find good stories, get a reaction. And it doesn't mean like you're you're lighting a flame. He's getting booed. Getting booed sucks. Joey Gallo has been booed all year long. And I'm I'm believe me, I'm on the side of the players. In and I would love for a player to say it. I don't know why they're booing. How is that helping me? How are you helping me as a fan? So if he had fired back that way, I mean, you, it's, it's not an entirely stupid question. You can answer it. But again, to my point, like if some 63-year-old is talking to a 31-year-old, if you act like a simp and just take it, then you're a dope. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm with you to a large degree. Now, the, after he, he did give an answer, and I think the response from the reporter should have been like, well, what is your reaction to it or is it affecting your play? That sort of thing instead of snapping right back because – that I think was a legitimate answer, but these are these are battles that are fought every day. Phrasing questions the right way, making it so you get a, the answer that you know is what you're actually seeking. Uh, all those things are part of it. But I don't have a problem with what Castellanos did necessarily, and I definitely don't have a problem with the reporters' fight either. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. And he got a fastball right down the middle as he strikes out three in a row. And now Dahlbeck into the no exchanging words. And John Schneider are going to usher Manoa off the field before things escalate any further. He gives no Fs, and that's why you love him. It's Dave Koken on Cofield and Company. I mean, I guess it was important to get Alec Manoa off the field. Because you don't want him getting tossed from the game, but I don't think he would care. He, it, like, if people charge him, he's 6'6", 270. So if you want to talk trash, then you better be willing to fight. But right right now, the, the Red Sox have been emasculated. They are they are pathetic. And you know what? Koken called this early in the year, and they they had a little surge a couple weeks ago, but Dave's just like, they're not they're just not good enough to win. And the legend Dave Koken is in. Dave, how you doing, buddy? We think he's there. David? Dave Koken up in a second. We're yeah. efforting. Red you, Sox. You, know, you, know, you know I love those situations. Well, first of all, the fact that it's happening to the Red Sox is awesome. But you know I love... One, two, one, two. There. there all, right. all right. Is he up? Oh yeah. Yes, Dave. I guess, sort of. Dave, you're live <laughs> on the air, buddy. What's going on? That was our fault. Um, The Red Sox are a mess. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's going to get any better. Uh, I know that you know they get an excuse. They've had players out the last couple of weeks, and that's not doing them any good. But uh, they just they just never were that good this season, and I think they're going to have to head into a rebuild mode. I thought that's that's kind of what they were doing. What do you mean they head into one? Well, I don't. You know, they've got some good prospects on the way, right? But they're not ready yet, and the ones that have been called up, we're seeing they're not ready yet. Yeah, and completely debilitating last week, or I, I guess. Uh, You'd be dejected about the fact that it took Chris Sale all this time to come back, and oh, then boy. he throws like two pitches, you know, breaks or whatever, he f's up his hand, and now he's down basically until mid-September. What's the point? He's not coming yeah. back this year. No, he, they may as well shut him down for the season. So, oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess Bogarts is the most tradable guy, but um, because he's he's in the option situation anyway. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do. They're in a tough spot. What, what would you tell people to look for? You know, from teams in the future that might have a good record or might look okay on paper, and they're you just don't think they're that good. Like, what what are some of the signs to look for? Um, their record. <laughs> 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 they just were. I, I don't know. 
I don't think most people thought the Red Sox were going to be that good this year. And they, they're about what they're supposed to be. They're a 500 team. And you want to flip Bogart to 29 years old. Are you flipping him and then still open to getting him well, back? He's going to leave. He's going to leave. Well, he doesn't no, have I to think leave, he, Dave. He, they can sign him in a long-term deal. They can, but then they can't sign Devers. How about they sign, sign how, how about sign both? Uh, not going to happen. Who am, I, who am I missing on the roster? Do they, do they already have two like, $25 million a year guys? Well, Trevor Story is pretty expensive. Mm. Uh, I was not crazy about that signing. Yes, yes. But, you know, what can I tell you? I'm not the one running the team. Uh, no, they can't. I, I think Bogarts is going to leave. I think he will opt out. J.D. Martinez can opt out. I don't know the, whether he will or not. Um, Devers is the guy they're going to sign. If they feel they can't sign Devers, then I guess you try and sign Bogarts. But uh, Devers is Devers is the main piece. Oh boy, they owe Sale ninety-five million dollars. Yeah, Bo- Bogarts is signed yeah, for a little over twenty something through twenty-seven. They're yeah, but he can exercise. He can exercise his option. What a nightmare! I, I just get. I, I know the White Sox. Well, you know what? Looking back on it now. Is it too early to judge the White Sox when they bailed? Because it has not worked out this year. It worked out, you know, it was good last year, but this year it has not worked out. No, I well, as far as I'm concerned, they get the wrong guy in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not changing my mind on things. You know, I'll say if I got it wrong, I'll say I got it wrong. Yeah. But as of now, I didn't get it wrong on the Red Sox, and I didn't get it wrong on the White Sox. Did we get it wrong on Girardi going bye-bye because the Phillies have kind of just returned to a 500 team? Well, yeah. Look, they did okay for a while without Bryce Harper, but you can't take the MVP out of the lineup and not expect it to have an impact long-term, and it has. Uh, That's a a massive hole in their lineup. Um, So they're, they're hanging in there, which is about the best they can do until they get Harper back. Dave Kokens with us. WagerTalk.com, of course, uh, part of ESPN Las Vegas for a long time. Multiple shows, a legendary radio figure here in Las Vegas. And, and again, the, the other thing with the Phillies is Nick Castellanos would be the guy who maybe could, you know, fill the role of Harper, but he just hasn't been good. And then, then yesterday he's getting all snippy with a reporter. A reporter wants to fight him. It's just like, you know, when, when things start getting frayed with teams, this is the kind of nonsense that happens. Eh, too bad it wasn't a fight. Would have been the best contact Castellanos made with anything <laughs> over the last month. There were there were a lot of Philly fans making the same kind of jokes. Yeah, he's having a rough year. Yep. I mean, he's but he's a good ball player, and yeah. uh, he could bounce back from this. Uh, you know, guy's a solid hitter. So let me tie together what Manoa was doing to the Red Sox, talking trash to him, and then Mad Bum getting all pissed off at Victor Robles, calling him a clown. Well, he is a clown. Uh, the, the team's down. Uh, what, six runs, and they hit a home run, and he's in some kind of celebration mode. And then he says something about, well, Mad Bob, does, Mad Bob never celebrates anything. He gets mad, but he's one of the least celebra- celebratory players I've ever seen. He just kind of stomps around and says, next guy up. Uh, so I'm on Mad Bob's side of this this one. And Victor Robles is a bust anyway. Uh, he's a guy who had uh, high expectations, and he's one of the Nationals prospects who has not worked out. It hasn't, and they're terrible. They're they're like they're like next level terrible. The Nationals. Oh, they're real bad. Yep, <laughs> and they're going to get worse shortly because it looks like Soto's going someplace. I have no idea where, but uh, he's he's not going to finish in Washington. Why? Why can't they mend the fence and just give him a bigger offer? Because I don't think he wants to stay at this point. Yeah, that team's in a deep rebuild at this point. 
So does he want to be the next Mike Trout, who uh, is basically stuck on a team that's never going to win anything, apparently? Uh, Soto, has he, he can do better elsewhere in terms of being on a team that matters. Uh, and look, they do it all the time in the NBA, so why not in MLB as well? I'm going to fade the Cardinals on Tuesday and Wednesday. You've seen yeah. this, right? The number one and two war guys as of last yeah, week, Arenado and Goldie, aren't playing because of the vaccine because they can't yeah. get into Canada. Yeah. Uh, one piece of bad news, though. The odds makers saw the news, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't miss stuff like that? <laughs> no, they, 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 those, those odds makers, it's a shame they read. Because, uh, you know, look, I mean, I, liked, I played the Blue Jays all weekend against the Red Sox. Yeah. And as soon as I saw the news on the Arenado and Goldsmith, it's like, oh, well, I guess that's the end of that. Because I'm not laying two to one against the Cardinals. They're two, even without those two guys, they're still yeah. a respectable team. And do I, think they're gonna, do I think the Blue Jays should beat them? Absolutely. Uh, but I'm not laying two to one to find out. Dave, you're playing some CFL before college football in the NFL. How was it going this weekend? Uh, I should have had a winner, but uh, weird things happen sometimes. And uh, I got on the wrong side of two crazy touchdowns in the uh, Saskatchewan-Toronto game and lost the, uh, the under. But exhibition football is coming in. Uh, good news. Kyle Sloter, who is... He's one of those Mr. August guys. He's never going to play in the regular season, but he's a really good August quarterback. Yeah. He is signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. And I'm telling you, don't sneeze at that. I'm because not. The, the, Jag, you, the Jaguars are going to be a play-on team in the exhibition season with Sloter coming in the second half. What do we think of the Raiders, Adam? Run up by Dave. I mean, they're going to play. They're not playing one quarterback this year. No, right. I mean, because I mean, no. they only played one last year and not Derek Carr. Now they have a little bit of a competition, right? Yeah, and I mean, two days ago, you know, Jared Stidham looked amazing at practice, and then okay. yesterday, whew, uh, I, I do think they do have an advantage if you're trying to look at preseason, and yeah. yep. that he knows the system, he's been with them for you know the last couple of years, he knows what Josh McDaniels wants to do, so I, I think they're a team to look at probably playing on uh, here in the preseason, and Nick Mullins, by the way, has had success at the NFL level as well, so they've got some depth at quarterback yes. and guys that understand the system. Dave? That's kind of what you look for in exhibition season is teams with depth at quarterback uh, because you're liable to get better second-half performances out of them, and that might win you a game. So quick story for you, Dave, because we want your reaction. Uh, Adam and I actually crossed paths in Cabo last week, and <laughs> oh. when he was coming down, my significant other ahead of time was like, hey, you want to go on a boat ride? And uh, Adam responded with a text that said, relax, Gilligan. Um, <laughs> you, you are you're a Providence guy. You know, you're a New England near-the-water guy. Were you a, were you a boater? No. Not at all? <laughs> no. I uh, had a rich relative who had a real nice cabin cruiser. Yeah. So we, uh, we spent some time there every once in a while, but I'm not a boat guy. Okay. Yeah, I saw a story on I mean, Yahoo that uh, there was a 73-year-old woman on a, on a boat tour, and a swordfish jumped up onto the boat and stabbed her in the groin. Well, they're no, for eating, not for... That's, that's, yes. I had some swordfish while I was at Del Mar. <laughs> so you're, it's like, you're sort of a boating guy. You just don't want to be on the front end of the, right. the, the whole chase. I'll I, eat want, I want what they catch. I don't want to be there when they catch it. Wagertalk.com. Dave, you guys rolling out some uh, new college football and NFL stuff in August? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, there's something every day going on. And uh, right now, for me, it's baseball mostly, and that's about it, But uh, and golf. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the busy time's coming. Dave, you are the man. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. See you, guys. There he is. Wagertalk.com. Wagertalk.com. Dave Koken. Awesome. On college football, very good in the NFL. You know how good he is with baseball, so go check it out. He's at Dave Koken on Twitter. 
wagertalk.com. And yeah, it's another one of those stories where we're like, what? The lady's on a tour. She's on the boat. A swordfish. She's 73. The fish goes in the groin. What? Insane.